Hello, this is R.J. Deacon reading the Supreme Court of the United States opinion syllabus in Greer v. United States, certiorari to United States Court of Appeals for the 11th Circuit, argued April 20th, 2021, decided June 14th, 2021. If you'd like to support the podcast because it's uh, funny, uh, stay tuned to the end of the episode. And if you know why I said that, you should consider supporting the podcast because apparently I'm useful to you. In Rehaf versus United States, the court clarified the mens rea requirement for firearms possession offenses under 18 U.S.C. section 922G. After Rehaf, the government in a felon in possession case must prove not only that the defendant knew he possessed a firearm, but that he also knew he was a felon when he possessed the firearm. Prior to Rehaf, Gregory Greer and Michael Gary were separated uh, separately convicted of being felons in possession of a firearm in violation of Section 922G1. Greer's conviction resulted in a jury trial during which Greer did not request and the district court did not give a jury instruction requiring the jury to find that Greer knew he was a felon when he possessed the firearm. Gary pleaded guilty to two counts of being a felon in possession of a firearm. During Gary's plea colloquy, the district court did not advise Gary that if he went to trial, a jury would have to find that he knew he was a felon when he possessed the firearms. On appeal, both Greer and Gary raised new mens rea arguments based on rehab. Greer requested a new trial based on the district court's failure to instruct the jury that Greer had to know he was a felon to be found guilty. Applying plain error review, the 11th Circuit rejected that argument. Gary argued that his guilty plea must be vacated because the district court failed to advise him that if he went to trial, a jury would have to find that he knew he was a felon. The 4th Circuit agreed with Gary, holding that the failure to advise him of that mens rea element was a structural error that required automatic reversal, even though Gary had not raised the argument in district court. Uh, Supreme Court held um, decision is affirmed and uh, in part and reversed in part and Justice Kavanaugh delivered the opinion of the court. In felon in possession cases, a rehafe error is not a basis for plain error relief unless the defendant first makes a sufficient argument or representation on appeal that he would have presented evidence at trial that he did not, in fact, know he was a felon. Under Rule 51B of the Federal Rules of Criminal Procedure, a defendant who has an opportunity to object to an alleged error and fails to do so forfeits the claim of error. If, as with Greer and Gary here, a defendant later raises the forfeited claim on appeal, Rule 52B's plain error standard applies. See um, Puckett v. United States. To establish eligibility for plain error relief, a defendant must show, one, that there was an error, two, that the error was plain, and three, that the error affects substantial rights, i.e., that there is a reasonable probability that, but for the error, the outcome of the proceeding would have been different. That's uh, Rosales Mireles versus United States. If the defendant satisfies those three prongs, an appellate court may grant relief only if it is also concludes 
that the error had a serious effect on the fairness, integrity, or public reputation of judicial proceedings. Here, it is undisputed that rehafe errors occurred during Greer's and Gary's district court proceedings and that the errors were plain. To satisfy the substantial rights prong, Greer must show that if the district court had correctly instructed the jury on the mens rea element of a felon in possession offense, there is a reasonable probability that he would have been acquitted. Gary must show that if the district court had correctly advised him of the mens rea element of the offense, there is a reasonable probability that he would not have pled guilty. Greer and Gary have not carried that burden. Both had been convicted of multiple felonies prior to their respective felon and possession offenses. Those prior convictions are substantial evidence that they knew they were felons, and neither defendant argued or made representation on appeal that he would have presented evidence at trial that he did not, in fact, know he was a felon when he possessed the firearm. Greer and Gary's counterarguments are unpersuasive. Greer primarily argues that an appellant court conducting a plain error review of a rehafe instructional error may examine only the trial record and may not consider, for example, information about a defendant's prior convictions contained in a pre-sentence report. But the undisputed fact that Greer was a felon is in the trial record. In any event, that argument contravenes both logic and precedent. See, for example, United States versus Vaughn. Gary argues that he is exempt from ordinary plain error review under Rule 52B for one of two alternative reasons. Gary first argues that a narrow futility exception to Rule 52B applies because it would have been futile to object to the omission of a mens rea element from his plea colloquy given the pre-rehafe state of the law. For that reason, Gary argues that his claim should be governed by the more harmless or more lenient harmless error standard of Rule 52A, rather than the more exacting plain error standard of Rule 52B. Gary's proposed futility exception lacks any support in the text of the Federal Rules of Criminal Procedure or in this Court's precedents, which distinguish between harmless error and plain error review based on preservation. See, for example, Johnson v. United States. Gary also asserts that rehafe errors are structural and require automatic vacator in every case without regard to whether a defendant can otherwise satisfy the plain error test. The court disagrees. Rehafe errors fit comfortably within the general rule that a constitutional error does not automatically require reversal of a conviction. Uh, see Arizona versus Fulminante. The uh, first decision is affirmed and the second de- decision is reversed. Justice Kavanaugh delivered the opinion of the court in which Chief Justice Roberts and Justices Thomas, Breyer, Alito, Kagan, Gorsuch, and Barrett joined. Justice Sotomayor filed an occur- uh, opinion concurring in part and dissenting in part. If you'd like to support the podcast, see the PayPal link in the show notes or find me on Patreon or contact me at roadscholar 80 at gmail.com. That's R-O-A-D-S and the number eight zero. Boom. Nailed it.